Hey there, and welcome to the Praying Christian Women podcast, where our goal is to equip you with the tools you need to ditch the prayer guilt, grow in your relationship with God, and pray like you and nobody else. Stay tuned for our latest episode after this quick word from our sponsor. Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually. With podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff, you can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com. Hi there. Welcome to the Praying Christian Women podcast. I'm Alana here with Jamie. How are you? I'm doing great in my Alana pink sweater that I, I got last week. Twinsies. I know. Is it I, on Wednesdays we wear pink, so I guess that's it's fitting. Right. It works, but it's just, it's a, it's a particular pink. It's like this sort of hot pink. Like, would you yeah. just call I don't even know if I'd call it hot I would maybe pink. call it's it like magenta. A magenta. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you look great. Yep. You too, because you're wearing the same color. <laughs> I wear the same thing I always wear. <laughs> I'm like, no different. <laughs> Your signature signature color. Uh-huh. Yeah. What's every uh what's your week been like? Uh, it's been a little like end of the school year crazy. And um, yeah, it's been in a good way. It's been fun, kind of all the different things the kids are doing and um Matt and Our middle kid just got back from a hockey tournament that they took the championship in, which was really fun. They went to Minnesota. Yeah, that was very fun. Yeah, fun for him. He played with a bunch of kids that he had never played with before and then a couple kids from his team from this year. So Mm -hmm. it was really neat for him to get that experience to get out and kind of see see how hockey's played elsewhere. But Yeah. yeah, we're glad to have them back. That's very cool. Well, I'm excited for today's topic. We're going to be talking about just kind of spiritual exhaustion, prayer, burnout, those kinds of things. So to lead us into it just for fun, can you remember like the most tired you've ever been? Is there like a day that you can remember being more tired than any other? Um, Yes, actually I can. So it was when we were, um, Matt and I had just gotten married And we had gone on our honeymoon to the Pacific Northwest from the East Coast. So it was a pretty big trip. And they offered us a bump, like where you Mm -hmm. give your seat away and they give you money in return, Mm -hmm. like vouchers. And we were very excited about that as young married people. And still, like, we still jump on bump offers if they give them to us actually now Uh because every little bit helps with the airfare. But yeah, so we... um, I don't remember how long we had been traveling, but we were just exhausted and like it was crowded. We were in Las Vegas for the layover and I think we were supposed to leave like late, like midnight-ish and our our bump was for like 6 a.m. the next morning and we just kind of like hung out in the terminal. We weren't going to, you know, spend money on a hotel. So we just were like, I remember being exhausted, but being super jittery because I had gotten a Cinnabon and a coffee and I was like, like uncomfortable. We had to work the next day. Both of us had to go to work the next day. Uh So we're sitting in the terminal against a little like pillar thing, just kind of like leaning on each other on the floor, like just kind of like starting to fall asleep. Uh Uh-huh. 
And I just remember I couldn't even keep my eyes open. And then that next day at work, it was just, I was so tired. I basically went home, showered, got dressed, went straight to work. And oh, wow. it was crazy. But we saw Mike Tyson, like we were falling asleep against each other kind of. And all of a sudden it was in Las Vegas. And, and Matt says, oh my goodness, that's Mike Tyson. And we looked up. And there he was with his entourage, like coming down the way, like going to wherever, you know, in Las yeah. Vegas, in the airport. It was surreal. It's like really crazy. I thought, I mean, I looked back on it the next day and it was one of those like, was I hallucinating? No, we I really know, saw right? Mike Tyson. <laughs> I don't think you? I would recognize him if he came and like bit me on the ear or nose, like, or anything. I don't think even, I'd picture him. <laughs> even if you didn't recognize who he was, you would know oh, you that could he tell. was somebody. He looked oh, otherworld, okay. like, like super glitzy blingy like oh, surrounded <laughs> by these like hollywood looking entourage guys oh, okay with, you know shades and they you could tell that he was somebody even if you didn't know he was who he was <laughs> oh funny anyway how about you let's see tired um i remember after one of my deliveries oh no I'll, that that story is just pretty basic so like a woman from church came to visit me and there's that same kind of thing i had to ask scott the next day like did she actually come and visit or did I just kind of dream hallucinate that whole thing? Right? I was so tired. Um, but another one was our firstborn was maybe three or four weeks old and he was real fussy and it had been a Sunday. And so we had gone to church all morning and he fussed the whole time. And then we got home and he, he never slept well at night anyway. So you know, and I was still recovering from a C-section. I remember coming home and I nursed him and I knew that he needed to be burped because that was part of like why he was fussy. He just had a lot of digestion issues. <laughs> I was so tired that I couldn't like make myself burp him. And so I knew I needed to ask Scott for help. And all I said was, can you take it? <laughs> Is in like the baby. Oh no. <laughs> so, we still joke about that here. Can you take it? <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. And I mean, I can also think of sometimes maybe that I was more tired as a, you know, newborn mom who hadn't mm -hmm. slept all night. Mm -hmm. Like I can definitely think of sometimes because it is. That's a that's a tough time. So shout out to all of our moms of newborns. Yes. Um it's not a joke. And it's kind of a good segue into our topic today, honestly, because um, today we're going to be talking about spiritual exhaustion and prayer mm -hmm. burnout. And, you know, I just, there are times when life gets hard and, and yeah. you get tired, you get physically exhausted and that does affect mm -hmm. our spiritual lives. Um, so yeah, we're going to be talking yeah. about spiritual exhaustion and prayer burnout today. Yeah, I'm really glad that we're exploring this topic. I know as a young woman, so like late teens, early 20s, I was in ministry and I don't remember exactly where I picked it up, but I'm sure it's a kind of prevalent mindset. And I just kind of assumed that if you got burned out, you just weren't praying hard enough and you weren't trusting God to meet all your needs. And I look back on that, you know, and, and basically, I don't think I would have put it in these words, but it was kind of like burnout's a sin because obviously 
if you're in the center of God's will and doing what God wants you to do, then you're doing God's will with the strength that God provides. But there are just times that life throws us into situations that we do not have the physical and mental stamina to come out from unscathed. And so I, I'm really embarrassed at the attitude that I had, you know, and I think that it made me start to feel, I was so hard on myself on times when I would get tired, you know, like I almost thought that being tired was a sin because if you're doing God's will, then, then he's going to give you all the strength you need. And, and looking back, you know, I, I mean, especially we were just talking about moms of newborns. Yes. You must take care of that little baby. No, it's not a sin to be exhausted while you're doing it. And I think a lot of it is straight up. Sometimes I think what I did back then, I think I over-spiritualized certain things. Mm-hmm. And basically, you know, we've talked so much about the mind, body, and spirit connection. And I just kind of ignored that because to me, it was the only thing that matters is my personal relationship with God. So as long as I am behaving in a spiritually healthy way, it shouldn't matter if I'm physically tired or fighting a cold or have a chronic illness, those things shouldn't matter, or I'm clinically depressed. And, but all of those things do impact our spiritual lives. So yeah, I'm really glad we get to explore this topic. Me too. I remember the first time that I heard about a missionary that kind of had got burned out and came back from the mission field for a while maybe permanently, I don't remember, Mm -hmm. but I was shocked. I was just, I I was young, you know, I was young in my faith. I was young in my life, Mm -hmm. in my early twenties, maybe late teens. But I just remember thinking, what? Missionary? Like, Mm -hmm. what are they doing wrong? Why? Like, don't they know that God is enough to carry them through? Mm -hmm. They must not be trusting God enough or their focus must be on something wrong. And I mean, mm-hmm. God, no, I get me. it. God, I know me, me too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because that it's, yeah, it, that is absolutely not the case. Um, so yeah, let's, I don't know, let's maybe talk about what are some different categories of, of spiritual and, and prayer burnout and exhaustion that we might encounter. Cause you know, not everyone's a missionary, not everyone's a pastor. Um, but I would say probably everyone's either experienced a version of this or will mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So if we're going to try to categorize it, let's see. I mean, I think that we can get kind of empathy burnout, right? If you're praying really, really hard for somebody that you love, or if you're just pouring your heart out because of a prayer burden you have, like, I know you and I talked about this, like there were certain seasons, because I know God's given you a prayer burden for refugees. And there were certain seasons where the crisis is so hard that you just kind of have to put some blinders on or, you know, put, put, uh, boundaries around it. Right. Like I could see certain cases where yes, maybe God has called you to pray for refugees, but maybe because he has also called you to be a mom and a wife and a homeschooler and a podcaster and an author and, you know, all these other things, maybe that means that you set a timer and you allow your soul to, to weep for 20 minutes a couple times a week. And then when that timer beeps, you find a way to symbolically 
take off that prayer mantle so that you can kind of function, right? Like we talk so much about prayers that change the world and prayers that change history and how we have this tremendous burden, but none of us can live giving 120% of our prayer energy to everything at all times. We need sleep. We need rest. We need fellowship. We need to just kind of be able to sit back and laugh with friends, right? We need silly puppy videos or, you know, whatever it is that kind of helps you unwind. And so I think for certain people, if you feel like, let's call this maybe intercessory burnout, you've been praying for a specific topic or issue or person with so much passion. And if you find that it is taking, I'm having a hard time putting this because yes, our prayers are meant to take some of us. Do you know what I mean? But maybe if it's preventing you from functioning in the other capacities as God has called you to, as a friend, as a sister, as a volunteer at church, as a mom, as a wife, if it's interfering with all of those other aspects, then you might need to take a step back and put some parameters around it. I think that's really wise. I just think back to, you know, there was a time in that burden. And I would say that that has kind of, uh, I've, I don't have the same kind of burden I did at one point for that. And mm-hmm. I'm sure if some of that is that I had to put up some pretty yeah. big walls, because I got to a really dark place at one point mm-hmm. where I had survivor's guilt. Like, I mean, these people yeah. were alive, but I would just every day look around like, how can I not be praying or not doing something when these people are suffering all yes. you know, all the time? Mm-hmm. How can I mm-hmm. go play on the playground with my kids and laugh right. when they're, you know, I had I had one picture in particular that was like seared in my mind of this this nursing mother. And I'm just thinking, what would it be like to travel with a, a nursing baby? I think I might, mm-hmm. I don't remember if I was nursing at the time or in a similar situation, but just like how, how do you do that walking miles yeah. and then not maybe having your milk come in or not having enough mm-hmm. milk, you know, formula is not just around the corner. You can't go get yeah. it from, from, from the supermarket and mm-hmm. just weeping and just grieving. And there was fear for them, you know? And so I feel like if one one really important thing to keep in mind, I didn't realize I was slipping into that mindset or that mm-hmm. like mental place. Like I actually had people, I posted a couple of things on social media and I had a couple oh. of family members, one check in and be like, is everything okay? Wow. I was like, no, I'm fine. What are you talking about? But I was in a really dark place. And yeah. so if you, if you find yourself having like a survivor's guilt feeling about something you're praying about um, and just feeling your mental health slipping. Or if you feel like you're just fine, but other people are starting to notice maybe Mm -hmm. a change in you, take note of that because that's not healthy. And and I was not able to give as much to my family or my kids. And I'm not saying that there aren't seasons of life Mm -hmm. where maybe you're called to an intense prayer yeah. burden and it's going to take time out of other things and God will provide for that but just mm-hmm. really be mindful to check in with yourself and and if you feel guilt is never from God um if your attention isn't on you know hope and God's you know God's work in the lives of people mm-hmm. 
then just really check that and kind of take a moment and you might need to step back. So I had to stop reading the news. I, I stopped yeah. looking at the news and, um, you know, I love your idea of putting on a mantle and taking it off mm-hmm. because I think at one point my prayer burden shifted from God, you need to help these people to, I need to help these people with my prayers. Right. My prayer is what is going to make the difference. And there's mm-hmm. a fine line. Absolutely. Our prayers make a difference. And absolutely. Mm-hmm. There are times when we don't pray and we don't access that power. But if you've been mm-hmm. praying for a specific thing, just remember there is possibly a time of letting that go and saying, God, you've heard all of these prayers. You've, yep. you've experienced the blood, sweat, and tears that have gone into this. Take the burden and now, you know, your power, your kingdom come, your will be done in this situation mm-hmm. and maybe handing it off, be open to yeah. handing it off for a time. Yeah. I think it's important to remember like Gethsemane was a finite amount of time. Right. Oh, and I don't think that, good. I don't think that any of us can sustain like Gethsemane prayers for very long. I just don't think our minds are for it. Like I think about, let's say you're an emergency doctor and let's say that your community is devastated by a big earthquake or huge pileup or, or something. Yes. You are going to jump in. You're going to be really, really busy. You're going to be on just adrenaline. You're going to have a burden to save as many as you can, but you cannot do that 24 seven. Right. And so I think about, yes, God might call you to a, a finite season where your prayers truly are taking more out of you than you think you have to give. But I think it's so important for us to remember that those are <laughs> those are short seasons. Um, and sometimes I think it can be a little bit of pride, right? Like, so let's say that, that doctor is, uh, maybe he's not an ER doctor. Maybe it's a doctor who's trying to find a cure for dementia, let's say. And this doctor feels such a burden. They feel like if if I don't do this research, my my mom might die of this terrible disease and tens of thousands or however many others with her. Therefore, I cannot sleep. I cannot talk to my family. I cannot take care of myself. I, I think that we can all see how in the long run, that's that's not helping, right? But I think we can also understand that passion and zeal that would compel them toward that. But Similarly, we need, you know, like if, if that was my son, let's say, and I saw him with such a burden, working so hard, feeling like I am the only one who could do this. And I noticed that this was not a season. This was just turning into his lifestyle. I would probably tell him that he has too high of an opinion of himself, right? Like there were others Mm -hmm. uh, who can also do this. You don't need to do it. I think about a really good picture of that for intercessors is when Moses was looking on the battlefield and when his hands were outstretched, the Israelites were winning, but when he lowered his hands, they would lose. And so he had his hands outstretched, which I think is a pretty clear picture of interceding for God. But of course, like his arms got tired. (laughs) 
And so he needed two other men to prop his arms up. And I think if God is calling you into a really intense intercession, I think it's smart. And I think that it shows humility to ask for others to support you in that too. Maybe you ask them to pray for you. Maybe you ask them for more practical help with other things, right? Mm -hmm. Like uh, I think about when I wrote The Beloved Daughter, which was my first novel, and I knew that it was going to be a spiritual battle. It was about Christian persecution in North Korea. And so I had a prayer covering and I also asked just for some practical help with some things. It was like, okay, from this time to this time, I need to not be disturbed, you know, and that kind of stuff. Or (laughs) I told my husband, it's like, if I come out of the office and I look exhausted and mad at you, I'm just exhausted, (laughs) you know? And so, Mm -hmm. but I also knew that that was a season. I think it took like six weeks to write. It was probably the most intense focus six week project I've ever undertaken. You know, I can write faster now, so it's not quite as, um, it's not always that grueling, but I also knew this was just going to be for that six weeks. This wasn't going to be my life for, you know, the next several decades. Yeah. And that's very important too. Um, you know, I think that sometimes when we have the, uh, also when we have this kind of prayer burnout or, you know, exhaustion due to prayer, maybe be aware that maybe God is calling you to take action. Maybe what you're feeling that's so unsettled, this energy that you feel like needs to be poured out in prayer, just also remember that there maybe there's something else that's unsettling you that's undone that needs mm-hmm. to be done. So, you know, I, it's not always the case. And, you know, we believe firmly that prayer is the real work. We don't believe that it's like, oh, mm-hmm. you're only praying. You have to be doing something tangible too. But that just, I'm just thinking about, you know, someone that's, um, well, you know, your prayer burden for North Korea and, mm-hmm. you know, leading to you writing a novel mm-hmm. um, or, you yeah. know, I, during the time that I was praying most intensely for refugees, I started like a fundraiser and we ended mm-hmm. up having a, um, a yard sale with my kids and, you know, our mm-hmm. kids did a yard sale and I roasted coffee and sold it and called it the coffee campaign. And like, you know, kind yeah. of just did some fun, but things that I could also include my family in that, mm-hmm. that really also put some energy in a different place. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. That's just an idea. I just remember that felt like something positive that came in the time that I was maybe not in the best spiritual place. It kind of brought me up Mm -hmm. a little bit to be doing something and and being, and I feel like some of those ideas came through prayer. Like God was calling me to those things and maybe just seeing, Hey God, is there something practical that I can be Mm -hmm. doing now too, in addition to prayer? Yeah. Well, I love how when you were talking about your prayer burden for refugees that you mentioned survivor's guilt, because I think that some people almost have intercessory guilt in terms of like, let's say that you are someone who who prays passionately with fervor for different issues. And let's say that God knows that you have a finite brain and finite energy. And so right now, 
you don't have as heavy of a prayer burden as you sometimes do. I think a lot of women who find themselves in that situation might feel guilty. They well, might I say, do sometimes. Oh, like even mm-hmm. as you were talking, I'm like, oh, I don't pray for that as much as I mm. that, That's right. right. That is my prayer burden. And I should be praying more about that, especially no, now, you know, but yeah, no, I think it's, it shows that God is also concerned with our everything, right? Like I was in uh, college and the college I went to had a lot of Jewish students and a, a big Jewish history. And I forget where I learned it, but someone mentioned there that there are some rabbis, you know, of course, there's so many different denominations and flavors of Judaism, but there are some contemporary rabbis who teach that intercessory is work and should not be done on the Sabbath. So you can pray, um, you can pray praises, you can pray gratitude. I would assume that it would be fine to say something like, bless Jamie and help her have a great day, but it wouldn't be the, I am going into my prayer closet for an hour to pray only for this one issue. Mm. Um, And no, I don't think that we should get legalistic about that kind of stuff. And, you know, that's uh, not scriptural. That was just this one sex interpretation of it. However, I think there's something to be said for remembering that our intercessor intercessory energy does ebb and flow and it should because none of us can live in that prolonged just like that er doctor cannot be working in a disaster zone for months without any type of reprieve right and and we're the same way god has given us resilient bodies and brains and spirits so we can jump into really really deep intercession when he calls us to, but then we do need to come up kind of for air and catch our breaths and catch up on the laundry and catch up on our sleep and, you know, and do those day-to-day things. And, and that's important as well. And so, yeah, for, for anybody listening who kind of is experiencing that intercessor's guilt, I would, I would just say, you know, just appreciate the season where you're at, be open for the prayer burdens when God puts them on I don't think that we should walk around saying, oh, life is good right now. And I don't want to, I don't want to feel too much burden. So I'm not going to bother praying for things. I think we should be open for prayer burdens. I think a great prayer is almost like, hey, God, I'm in, I'm in the market for a new burden. If something comes up, (laughs) right. Almost like somebody like, let's say you're maybe thinking about moving. And so you just let your realtor friend know like, hey, I may be sort of thinking about doing this. If something comes up, keep me in mind. Some really cool things can happen when mm-hmm. we do just that. I don't think we need to go out and, you know, open up the news headlines and say, I don't know what my prayer burden is. So let me conjure it up. Or I don't think that, you know, I don't think that you need to go and say, well, five years ago, I was praying for refugees in this way. So I better go back and do it exactly like that. Um, because, we aren't meant to have that type of sustained intercession for that long. Right. And there are an awful lot of people. It goes back to that self-importance thing. There are an awful lot yeah. of Christians on the planet and God God has resources and, and it could be that he's calling someone else to this particular thing now and you're moving on to something different or a different season. Um, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. I think being open to seasons is absolutely fine. Yeah. Definitely. Well, anything else you want to add about kind of the intercessory burnout? 
No, I think the thing, I guess there's another branch of that, that, um, that I've experienced and that I know, you know, firsthand I've experienced, um, up close. And that's just kind of the spiritual exhaustion that comes from praying for something and for a while and having, you know, Mm -hmm. feeling like you're met with a brick wall and feeling like God is silent about it, not having an answer and just being exhausted from the disappointment, which is kind of Mm -hmm. the, a similar thing to the intercessory. I just think about, you know, when my mom had dementia and was, you know, just in about the worst place for my dad, because she was at home, Mm -hmm. he was trying to work from home. He couldn't, he was going through treatments for cancer at the time. And Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Radiation for, for can for prostate cancer. So it wasn't chemo, which would have been even worse, but it, it exhausted him going. And he was driving like an hour each way and had to bring her with him. And she would sit in the lobby and the lobby people knew her and knew they had to kind of keep an eye on her while Mm -hmm. he went in for his treatment. I mean, it was a very hard time for him. And, um, so he, I, I just remember going there at one point and he just, you know, I, I said something about prayer and he's like, you're just going to have to do the praying for me. I'm all prayed out. Mm-hmm. Cause he, at that point he was physically and that, that there's another facet too, which is the physical exhaustion yeah, where you have no energy to pray. Mm-hmm. You have no spiritual energy. Mm-hmm. Um, but for him, it was I've asked God for help and I I'm feeling like I'm sinking in quicksand right now and and there's no help mm-hmm. for me but you go ahead and pray your faith will have yeah. to do right now cuz I just don't have it right now and that's okay mm-hmm. too you know I mean I really I mean I I believe that if you're in a place right now where you're feeling like you're just exhausted from asking and you don't have words it's okay to ask someone else to hold your arms up Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. And there are times when our Mm -hmm. arms are exhausted and we need people to come alongside of us and kind of do the praying on our behalf when we're, when we're too exhausted. Yeah, no, I really like that. So for people who are maybe uh, in between prayer burdens and experiencing that intercessory guilt, I think a way that you could like a great, another great prayer to ask would be God, who do you like, what intercessor needs intercessions today? Right. So I don't know. That's so good. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard, Jamie, our communities had horrible flooding this week. So oh, like no. we have a couple of friends. I did not hear like, that. Yeah. We don't make, <laughs> we don't make the news even in Anchorage, but um, yeah, like our, our highways flooded. People were like trapped in their houses because roads were closed. We have oh, my friends. Goodness. Like, I would have checked on you. <laughs> eight inches of water, like in their home. Oh. Um, There's no, like the sewers systems out. Everyone's got to boil water. Well, we're far enough out of town. We're doing fine. Um, the only issue is like we we couldn't get to the post office, we couldn't get to groceries, but otherwise, like we're we're totally fine. And there was for the for the most intense couple of days, it's starting to get better. There was a lot of um just intense 
feelings, right? Like why, why is it so easy for us when like two miles down the road, (laughs) there were people who are like literally unable to get water to drink and what what we've done you know we've we've had friends over to come and you know do their dishes do their laundry we've been you know we've opened up our shower like if people needs to to come and do that and yeah it's it's easier than being the person wading through you know six inches of water to get to your mailbox (laughs) but it's still an important role right and so that's how I've decided in general, because I used to experience so much guilt as a Christian. Uh, why, you know, when things were going smoothly, relatively, why are things easy when on, you know, in other parts of the world, horrible things are happening? Or why are my kids healthy when this family we know just lost a baby to SIDS or all of those kinds of things? And I think the the way that I just decided to not really acknowledge my needs to feel guilty. Like, I I think that's false, false guilt because I've now have the capacity. So for example, like if, if our house didn't have clean water, we couldn't open it up to people to come and do their laundry here. Right. Right? It's that kind of thing. If my entire life is falling apart, I wouldn't have the mental energy to pray for you and whatever's going on in your life. So for people who are kind of just experiencing a season where things feel calm and maybe there's there's not a pressing prayer need or a pressing prayer burden, instead of feeling guilty, I would just, yeah, ask God, okay, so who's who's somebody who's going through a harder time that I can be praying for or that I can offer actual support for? Yeah, I think that's so important. I, I've struggled with that too. I mean, it's another kind of form of survivor's guilt where it's like, well, why are things so easy for me right now? Or if someone asks Mm -hmm. you, Hey, how can I be praying for you? And it's like, I'm good. I'm actually really good. And it's like, Mm -hmm. there's, there's sometimes guilt in that. Um, Mm -hmm. like, well, let me find something. There's gotta be something that needs praying for. Um, but what I've really tried to do, you know, in recent times is really focus on gratitude for all of the things like just, wow, thank you, God. Thank you that Mm -hmm. I'm healthy right now. Our family is doing okay right now. And Mm -hmm. just really Mm -hmm. expressing that gratitude. But I love what you said about just asking like, hey, who isn't in this position that I can be lifting up? I can be the one propping their hands up. That's really cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, and then I I would say a last takeaway that I want to, I know we touched on it, but it's just that when we're talking about burnout, just take care of your physical health too. Yes. Uh, nobody needs you to be praying 23 and a half hours a day and never sleeping because you feel like that's your duty. Your duty is to also take care of yourself so that you have better energy and a longer life so that you can keep on praying like you're praying. Well, and not to feel guilty when you're tired for physical reasons, such as having a mm-hmm. newborn, but there are so yeah. many more. Maybe you just switch shifts and you're working the night mm-hmm. shift now and your body is all yeah. out of whack. Um, or, you know, you're just started a new job. Who knows? There are tons of things. Yeah. But don't don't allow the enemy to creep in and make you feel guilty about not 
feeling like your prayer life looks exactly like it did in a different season mm -hmm. because yeah. when your body is tired, it's, it's going to translate to spiritual fatigue. Sometimes the flip side of this though, is that there, you know, there's the, the verse and I, I don't know the verse, but it just says, you know, though our bodies are wasting weight away inwardly, mm -hmm. we are being renewed daily. There are ways though, that even when your physical body isn't holding up that God can mm -hmm. renew you inside. So don't yeah. lose hope either. And just say, Oh, well, right. you know, I'm sick. So obviously I can't be any good. I mean, be open to, yeah. to God working inwardly as well, but yeah. I think that's a good reminder. Awesome. Well, how do you want to close this up? I don't know. Let's pray. Let's maybe just pray for, um, pray for people right now who are experiencing that, that exhaustion. Okay. Sounds like a good plan. You want to pray or am I going to pray? I had assumed it would be you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, God, we just thank you for just the opportunity to talk about this important topic. We just ask God that you would help us if we're in a position of feeling well, feeling positive, feeling in a good place and free to use prayer energy. God, we just pray that you would show us, really direct our prayers toward those who aren't. We just lift them up now and, and we just pray in Jesus name that you would meet them exactly where they are. If there's a person listening now who is in ministry and just burned out and feeling guilty because they feel like they should be energized by their ministry and they're feeling drained. God, we just pray in Jesus name, remove that guilt. If there's someone who's physically suffering, whether with illness or life circumstance or a new baby or new job, and just not feeling like they're able to pray the way that they used to be. And they're feeling guilty, remove that guilt, Lord, in Jesus name. We just pray that there would be no weapon formed against them that would prosper, that they would be rooted in you, that they would know that you are with them, that they would feel loved and that they would feel our prayers right now. God, we just ask um, that you would just encourage them, that you would allow them to give themselves permission to rest and not feel bad about that. And that you would just restore them. I just picture streams of living water bubbling up God inside of them that would just refresh them and renew them. And that you would just be bringing healing, bringing people around them to do practical things that need to be done, bringing counselors if they need to talk to someone, that there would be no barriers between um, between them and, and getting any kind of practical help that they would need. And Lord, we just pray for um, for those who are just tired of praying and praying and being disappointed. Lord, we just pray that they would know beyond a shadow of a doubt that they are seen, that your ears aren't closed to their prayers, that your, your love for them doesn't change, even if the circumstances that they desperately wish to change aren't changing. God, show them glimpses of your work in their life and in their prayers. Show them ways that you are answering those prayers, even if they don't look exactly like the picture that they have in their mind of what should happen. Help them to see that you are good. Help them to know that you love them. 
I just pray that you would place someone in their life to speak truth that would resonate with them, that would just encourage them and remind them that you're with them. God, we just pray that you would just, um, for those that are weary, for those that have lost their strength, God, that you would just raise them up, that you would give them um, strength, that you would give them a new season, give them hope for a new season. And just in the meantime, as they wait for that new season of renewal, that you would give them rest and, and that there would be no guilt and no shame in that. We praise you for all that you have done in our lives, God. Thank you so much for the ways that you work through prayer. And thank you for just giving us, um, giving us the ability to take our weakness to you and just ask you to take it and, and do with it what will bring you glory and what will, what will bring us um, just closer to you in the process. Amen. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Praying Christian Women podcast. We'd love to hear from you. So please leave us a comment to let us know what questions or topics we can address in future shows. Then hop over to prayingchristianwomen.com slash journal to download your free prayer guide. We're so glad you joined us for today's show, and we wish you God's deepest blessings as you draw closer to Him and change the world one prayer at a time.